Hey, Brian Castle here. I'm the founder of Clarity Flow, and today I'm back with another great conversation. I'm talking to Amanda Horvath. She is a uh, a coach, a, a videographer. That's her background, but she has grown. You know, she's built an amazing uh, audience and personal brand and YouTube channel um, through her personal brand at AmandaHorvath.com. So we talked all about her transition going from starting as a consultant, getting into uh, offering courses, getting into coaching. Um, another thing that I love about what Amanda has built here is the focus on video and YouTube. So we got it a little bit into the the technical side and the and, and and you know doing video, but much more so. And this is much more her focus is uh, the human side, human design, as she talks about today. So that's another new thing that she's getting into. But it's all weaved together in um, in and you know offering yourself and putting yourself out there uh, as a personal brand on YouTube, and it can have pretty incredible uh, business results. Um, so we heard a lot of interesting stories in Amanda's work with her clients, again, through her coaching and courses and her and her content that she puts out on YouTube. So um, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. I hope you enjoy it. Here is my conversation with Amanda Horvath. Enjoy. Amanda Horbeth, great to meet you on the podcast again. Here we go. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm great. Glad to be here, making it happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, of course, your your video and lighting and everything looks fantastic because it is uh, what you specialize in as as a coach. And and um, you know, what I usually like to do to start off these these chats is, you know, ask you about what you do. But I like to hear it from the perspective of, you know, maybe an example of one of your recent clients. Um, you know, someone who found your stuff and started working with you or started taking your courses, what is, you know, who is that person? What are they doing? And what, what makes them kind of connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely been an evolution as it always is for all coaches out there. Um, so I, a little quick background is that I came from being a videographer that was shooting and editing videos for clients. And then in 2018 was like, you know, people are spending so much money having me show up and hit record for them when they could just do this themselves, if they could just use their phone to make it happen. And so I got online, started sharing YouTube tips on how to really film videos on your own. And fast forward to today, it's been five years since I started that process. Mm. And there's been an evolutionary process of not only focusing on the tech side of it, but also the emotional side of it, of how uncomfortable you can be getting on camera and uh, the, you know, the, all the tips out there that are like, you should do Instagram every day. And yet maybe your energy doesn't match that or yep. whatever. I'm so sorry. The baby <laughs> monitor is on. Let me turn that off. <laughs> I, I mean, like just, just what you were just talking about. I, I mean, I love that you're, you're kind of covering the, the emotional side and the, and the presence on camera. I mean, that is, that's by far the most difficult um, hurdle to get over. But when when anyone kind of looks for content or instruction or courses or or just YouTube content on, about doing YouTube, like all I ever see is, you know, what's the right camera to use? What kind of microphone should I use? What light should I buy? I mean, that stuff is important, you know. Or or it's like how to 
optimize your YouTube channel and, and make thumbnails and stuff. But like the most important thing is actually speaking to the camera or, you know, whatever content you're doing. Yeah. yeah and how do I know what to speak about? Mm -hmm. All that stuff too. So today, the clients that I really work with are coming to me. Let's use a specific example to your point. Um, there's this one woman who I've been working with for several months now. She is an entrepreneur with her husband, and they know that they need marketing. Yet, she's an entrepreneur that wants to spend the majority of her time running the business. And so they come to me and they say, okay, we want to expand into this new market. And their company is does background checks, but she's also a mom of two and has gone through the process of being a mom and realized you know what, what we do can actually be super beneficial to people that are wanting to hire nannies because we can do background checks on the nannies. And so maybe we expand into an entirely new market. So we began to really talk through that marketing strategy. And, you know, originally they're thinking of one idea of let's do a YouTube channel that's talking about background checks. And my whole approach to things is like, forget the business, you're the entrepreneur and let's brand the entrepreneur. And from there, launch off with really a personal brand that can grow and evolve with you no matter what you choose to talk about in the future. So I've now incorporated this new system into it called human design, which is essentially a personality test based on when you were born. Hmm. And so we really analyze someone's energy of how it operates and what their natural gifts and abilities are. And from that point, it kind of gives us a kickoff point to determine what is the message that you're here to share beyond just let's make money. Let's brand it as who are you? And because you are who you are, you do what you do. And then from that place, let's look at who are we attracting? And then what's the strategy behind it? And then let's, yeah, let's talk about what gear you need to make this happen and mm -hmm. overcome the tech side of it too. So yeah, it's really Again, a holistic like approach. Totally. Again, like starting with the person and their story. I mean, one of the things I was going to ask you about, I mean, that person, they're, they're in a kind of a niche industry, like background checks. And that's the kind of thing like, is there YouTube content to be made around that? Like, and, and I'm sure there's like a thousand other, um, you know, niche Examples industries like where that. it's just like, it, it, does this even lend itself to that type of marketing? But yeah, when you boil it down to, well, who are the people behind it? Why do you do this? How did you get into it? Um, there's actually interesting content that like some, that people can connect with, right? Right. And there's so many different ways to go about marketing, right? So my point to her, what often happens with people that, and you know, the audience is listening, you're likely an online coach, right? But maybe previous to being an online coach, because it really hasn't been that long in existence, a lot of people popped up in 2020 to do it, you were probably doing something else that was more based in person, right? So just like me, I was running a service-based business, shooting and editing videos for clients and then popped online. And so it's based on kind of like a tangible skill. But the, the way that you can kind of like think about marketing is, okay, I'm expanding that network in terms of the kind of people that I can work with. So what ends up happening is you're a service-based business, you get online, you start talking about whatever it is that you do, but then the online opportunity becomes so much greater than the in-person opportunity that you decide to drop the in-person business and just go online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that transition is a very normal one. 
So from my perspective to her, it's like, hey, yeah, you want you want clients that might need your services for background checks for hiring a nanny. And there's probably other ways to make money with this outside of just that one purpose. Yeah, it, this pattern seems to be coming up in a lot of these conversations where it's like, as you know, in that example, yeah, maybe you can promote the business of, of background checks, but there are probably other people who run that same type of business and they're looking for content um, on how to, how to do that sort of thing in their neck of the woods, right? Um, really interesting. So right. one of the other things that I think you do a fantastic job of is, is really niching down yourself and your coaching and, and your personal brand and your offerings. It's, I mean, I was just kind of going through your site and, and your products and everything it's, you know, just like two words come into my mind just on like on like a 20 second browse of your website. I see video and I see YouTube. Like those are the that's like the focus of what you do, you know. And I mean, we see so many coaches who are like, well, you can do personal branding. But then there's like social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you know, Twitter, X, whatever it is. And, you know, and it's like, You've really focused in, like, I, I'm kind of curious to hear that story. I guess we can start to get into your backstory. You, you mentioned you're, you're in this five years now. How did you, like, what, what's your journey been like to, to really get into this level of focus? <laughs> yeah, and it's currently about to expand into yet another. So I understand the pivot very well. That's, <laughs> I think I that's mean, what leads to success. It's like the success. story of my career here. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. constant pivots. Yep. Yeah, the wanting to burn it all down and start over, but maybe you shouldn't, the kind of energy. So, um, so the, I really started my YouTube channel because I was annoyed that most people talked about YouTube only when it came to video marketing. I wanted to talk about how to create brand videos and how to create sales page videos and how to do Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Like there's so many other kinds of video tips out there. And then you get into it and then you realize, oh, this makes sense why people niche down to YouTube video marketing because YouTube wants you to talk about YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it's a kind of annoying because what's happening right now in general, no matter what platform you choose, it has its preferences mm. in terms of the algorithm. The algorithm, yep. And it's the algorithm is based on audiences as well, right? So there's an element that you kind of have to learn to play the game and you have to go where the audiences are, where, you know, what people are really searching for, what people are really liking. And so in, in the process of me going about that, pro about that, I just realized, okay, well, every time I release a video about YouTube, it takes off, you know, mm -hmm. um, and granted, I think another, another example or another insight that can come from it is looking at your own story. So as I talked about Instagram, as I talked about LinkedIn, as I talked about all these other things, really I was focused on YouTube. And so the more that I got into my own YouTube journey, the more I realized the power of the platform and how you don't really have to have an Instagram. Like my Instagram, I had my son and I stopped posting because all I wanted to do was post photos of him <laughs> and everyone's like this is not why I'm here you know right and like the internal conflict of do you really post your children online all that so I'm like I'm just gonna not touch this yep. and I make good money just from being a YouTube creator so you don't have to be everywhere so I kind of was like you know what 
what if I'm like the anti-hustle kind of person? Mm-hmm. What if it's just that? You know, that's what I, I, I've, I've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole so many times and, and wanting to like do more YouTube, uh, for, whether it's for my business or music stuff or, or other stuff. Um, and one thing that I notice is sort of like what you're saying, like, it, I feel like YouTube more than the other platforms, it, the, the tactics and strategies have become so formulaic on YouTube. It seems like, you know, the thumbnails are, are, are all looking the same now, the, the content, the scripts, even like across industries, it's, it's like the same, like hits. I, I mean, and there's, there's good and bad and, and, you know, different levels of quality and whatnot, but I don't know. It just seems like I, I definitely see that like that there's a lot of opportunity and there's still just a lot of like good connections to be had on YouTube, may, maybe even more so than other platforms. But then YouTube is, is like its own beast in terms of the algorithm and just, I guess, human behavior and how they connect with, uh, video content, you know? Yeah. Um, it's but what's interesting about it, like to play off of you, it's like it's formulaic and that's why it's also awesome. <laughs> like right. it's the same reason why we hate it, but the it's, same reason we like it. Because I mean that's why you, I hate Google so much, right? It's like, right. like blog yeah. content. I, I never know how to like tra- how to rank something this month compared to six months ago, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's true. And it's like like with YouTube, the way that I see it, like you could spend two years, and I've watched so many of my clients waste their time on Instagram. Hmm. Because, and, and this is another reason why I began to niche down to YouTube because I would spend hours into my in my DMs just responding to people. For me, Instagram was never scrolling. It was living in my DMs. And then I'd do a launch and I'm like, these people aren't actually converting. So it's really hard to distinguish between like who's your friend that is just like, engaging with you versus who's someone that is is genuinely a buyer and that that fine line requires you to like really lean in there and sure I did hire assistants to manage it and kind of filter people out a little bit and tested that for a while as well so there's different strategies that you can do but like with YouTube if you start and you start playing the game you're going to have slow growth period it won't be the promised potential fast growth of TikTok or LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Instagram. I, it, maybe if you're doing reels and you got on it at the right time or whatever. But it's like, like at six months, I had 500 subscribers. At a year, I had 1,200. And then it at some point became exponential, like mm-hmm. where I gained like 20,000 in like a wow. six month period or something, you know? So it's like, if you start on YouTube and you know how the game is played, you will be successful. Just like the, the consistency of it. Right. And not just like kind of blind consistency, but I think naturally by the act of showing up at least what, like once or twice a week, doing it for a long period of time, you're just going to get better. You're going to learn and you're going to connect. You'll see what works, what doesn't work. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit more niche focused than the other platforms it feels like yeah but yeah for sure um especially just looking at like my feed of like the the three things that i'm interested in just constantly getting recommended to me you know um yeah looking at someone's homepage of youtube says a lot about them (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so i want to sort of break down your your business from two perspectives one is like your product line between the 
courses and coaching and where people are connecting with you and finding you. And, and obviously a lot of that sounds like it's happening on YouTube, but I guess before we get into like the marketing and funnel side of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, tell me like, what's kind of like the lay of the land, like just from what I see on the surface level, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some things here. You know, you offer courses, you offer coaching. I also see what, what appears to be some affiliate, uh, products and revenue, you know? Um, and then I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, there is like YouTube revenue just straight from YouTube. So yeah, like what's the breakdown? How does that? Good, good job. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, that's it. Yeah. So it started, I was started my business. I did two years. I didn't sell anything online. It was all focused on my video business still. And my YouTube business. Like, like services, like, you're yeah, services, shooting and editing videos for clients. And I had like quite a bit, I had like decent clients and it took up a lot of my time, which was my whole goal of ditching that business was trading time for money. So I was actually anti-coaching in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was, I very much was like, I have zero desire to be a coach. I would rather do an online course. So I started in the online course business. So in 2020, I launched my first online course following Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy structure. And it was her first launch of that course. It's changed quite a bit right now. Um, and she's launching currently as we speak. <laughs> but, um, the, that did amazingly well because what happened in 2020? Everyone wanted to go online. <laughs> So I have Did you this do this like, a, like after COVID broke? Like this was no, like, before. This before January of okay. 2020. So oh, I had wow. I had basically oh, done wow. two years of no selling, not selling anything, which I think is actually a big like thing. You know, everyone's talking about Alex Hermosi these days, and that's like his whole thing. It's like, I don't sell you anything. Right. Like like build that report, build report, build report. So I built report for two years. And then I came out with this course January of 2020. May of 2020, I was doing the live launch model. In December of 2020, I did three launches and and well, just to pause there, the the course yeah. was like what was oh, the okay? Main topic? What was the course? Yeah. Yes, it was. It's the at first the name of it was the DIY video roadmap. Now it's called Launch with Video, so it's kind of evolved a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the concept was, and it, with each time that I launched it, I would iterate it based on feedback and make it better. So at first, it was very much what to buy, how to set it up, and how to edit. Gear. Okay. All gear related. Then the next time I added in um, how to record, uh, how to script and how to record. So still focused on very much production. And then I, the next time I added in um, pre-production, more strategy. Because at first I didn't want it to be strategy. So it kind of began, it grew over time to where now it also includes YouTube and it includes um, yeah, most, mostly YouTube as well as just like brand videos or channel trailer, all the things. It's very choose your own adventure type production because you can film anything, but it's all based around production. Yeah. So that was 2020. 2021, I was like, okay, the live launch model isn't exactly what I want to be doing. Like this is kind of a a lie that you're not trading time for money. Like you're not, yep. but the amount of, you're basically working for free instead until you do a launch. Yeah. And then it's like a big hustle push period. And, and I came across, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, just to sort of clarify for folks, like uh, yeah. when, when you talk about live launches, like 
I, I guess yeah, maybe like take us through that. that a little bit, but, but I, I hear what you're saying, like compared to literally selling time for money as a consultant, as a contractor, you know, doing video services, you know, courses, info products are, they're, they're known as like passive income, but it's not passive at all when, when you're in the middle of a launch, right? So, um, yeah, it's not passive in that it's scalable. That's the difference, right? So what is a live launch? A live launch is when you prep to, you have a cart open and a cart closed period. Mm -hmm. So you are, you kind of have this pre-launch warm your audience up section. That might be for, from a YouTube perspective, four weeks of talking about a subject that is all building on top of each other, that's getting someone started on the journey. And then you, you say, hey, I have a webinar coming out, right? This is kind of the standard, specifically like the Amy Porterfield kind of approach, who is a big course queen, <laughs> course and webinar queen, for those of you that don't know it. She has a podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. Mm -hmm. So you do that, then you get, get people on the webinar. And then from the webinar, you make the offer at the end, and they have like a bonus that they can buy before. If you buy while on the webinar, you get this bonus. And then you have a very specific email marketing strategy that would close someone over the next however many days that the cart is open, which is always a testing thing. Oh, it's better to have a five-day cart open or a 10-day cart open. It's slowly been getting more and more shorter, I would say, um, to incentivize that. You know, the other thing that I'm kind of curious about in this phase of your journey, you, you mentioned you started January, 2020 and you were coming from doing services, but did you have any audience, like any sized audience at that point? Like who were your very first people to come on like the first webinar and things like that? Yeah. So when I launched, I had 4,400 subscribers on YouTube. Okay. So from you, 20, you had been doing like your own content. Yes. Yeah, so I launched YouTube in 2018 mm -hmm. and for two years, essentially, just shy. Well, I guess, yeah, just shy of two years. It was like six months shy of two years was when I did my first course launch. Got it. And did you, tra like, did you transition between, so if you were doing YouTube content for several years before you launched a course in 2020, what was the early YouTube content about? Was it just about having a presence? It was still building an online, it was very much, it was give, 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 give. That was the strategy. Got it. I, it was how to film using like the, the, the tagline was create videos without breaking the bank or taking up tons of your time. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the idea of filming on your iPhone was pretty revolutionary today. It's like, you kind of like, duh, it was so right. obvious, but at the time it really wasn't like, I remember when I first started my business, trying to convince people that video was the next thing, mm -hmm. you know, by 2020 people became aware of it. Right. Yeah. So the content was still very much so good on the iPhone too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's amazing now. Hey, just a quick break to tell you about Clarity Flow. It's the software tool loved by coaches and their clients for communicating asynchronously in threaded conversations using video, audio, or text. My team and I designed Clarity Flow for the modern day coach. It lets you give clients a single place to engage with you and all that you offer through your coaching business. Run coaching groups, cohorts, and communities using our Spaces feature. 
create interactive courses using our programs feature. Build your coaching library with templates and reusable content. And sell access to your coaching programs with subscriptions or one-time payments. Customize colors and connect your domain to give clients a fully branded experience. You can use Clarity Flow on the web or our mobile apps for iPhone, iPad, or Android. And connect any other apps using our Zapier integration. Start with a free trial or request a personalized demo and consultation by going to clarityflow.com. Um, okay, so I, I, I guess I kind of fast forward and we're, we're in 2020 and, you know, the world is changing, obviously, but, you know, your world professionally is, is changing as well here. So what does that transition start to look like? Um, and, yeah, because yeah. the leap can be pretty scary to go from trading time for money to like full course business, mm -hmm. which was my goal. I was like, no clients. I, pa I passed off my entire. So in to kind of answer your question in 2019, I was like, if I'm going to build an online course, I need time to build an online course. So I do have to kind of start to shift this model to a degree. And so I passed off my entire client book to my subcontractor and said, no more production. And I did a hard line in the sand. This is the burn the bridge thing that we're talking about. Right? Um, so I did that. And then I did do some consulting with my clients rather than coaching, right? It was more still that in-person consulting go and just to help with strategy, but not production. I would pass off to production mm -hmm. while I was building the course. So I'd say 2019 was that transition year to where it's almost like when you're in that transition and you're like, am I crazy for doing this? Like I'm, I'm making less money than I made before. I was making good money, like that kind of transition. Yep. And then, yeah, 2020 went well. Um, was able to hit six figures that year with those courses. So Nice. I mean, this is something that I've, in, in like podcasts and uh, going back years, uh, talking about making that transition from freelancing, consulting to a business or from one business to the next. I mean, I, I've been through that, that transition several times too. And one thing that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough, and this is really going off track on the topic of this podcast, but I feel like it always involves some level of like, look, I'm just going to take a pay cut for a little while here, you know, or I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff for free or just, this is my own project. Who knows where it's going to go? Um, I, I mean, at the very least, you're going to learn a ton, you know, but it could be a, a massive change in, you know, for the better. So. Yeah. And it takes guts to do that. Right. Yeah. And obviously uh, you have to do it responsibly and, and have, yes. you know, your runway figured out, but still like it, it, you know, I've seen many people just wait and wait until they can sort of hustle on nights and weekends to replace that full-time salary. And I, you just need a period of like, you're just going to make less for a little while, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And fingers crossed it works out. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, kind of getting back on track with the story here. I'm, I'm curious to know as we, as we move past 2020, you know, in more recent years here, like how has your business evolved? I know your, your audience has grown. Um, YouTube presence has grown. And then we, yeah. we got into actual coaching. So like, what, what does the mix look like? And what were kind of the big turning points? So what happened was in 2020, I was like, okay, done with course launches. Like, let's, let's try to go the evergreen route. Let's try to, which evergreen to define that is when someone can buy a course without 
you being active necessarily yeah. in it. They could buy it anytime I on totally self-serve. open enrollment. Yeah. yeah. And and I actually did have coaching, like monthly coaching with it. That was kind of the the thing. But it was sold via an evergreen webinar. And that's a whole different marketing strategy, right? So I, it's funny, you t- you originally asked about products and somehow we have gotten into the funnel strategy along the way, but we're weaving yeah. it all together. Exactly. Um, yeah. So with that, I, um, in 2021, I kind of like set on it for a while because little side note, because life happens, I found out about this thing called human design in 2020 in the midst of the course launch business and in when you go through any sort of personality type tests or awareness, often there's like this realization or this like waking up period where you're like, whoa, like there's, I'm out of alignment here. Like, how do I get back into alignment? So I dove deep into that system to get back into alignment and gave myself kind of a bit of time to just kind of chill. And I didn't do much at the beginning of 2021. It's kind of interesting to look back upon. Um, I think I was, Yeah, I I was focusing on getting it to transition. And in that meantime, I was ramping up on my affiliate revenue, like you were mentioning, Mm -hmm. as well as passive income from ad revenue coming in from YouTube. Um, And So this idea of human design, I I mean, this is pretty new to me. Totally new. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't want this to be like a seminar on on the topic or anything, but... It, it's like my take on it so far, and I would love to hear more about it is, you know, you're going through this pro- professional transition and it's very public, like you're, you're growing an audience and everything. So, um, it, is it like how you see and identify yourself as a professional and, and that sort of transition? So essentially what it is, is it's a, a map for how your unique energy works. So this concept of like nature versus nurture, it shows you what your nature is as well as how you were maybe nurtured away from your nature. Hmm. So it shows you the influence of your parents, of your friends, of your environment and how you're kind of shifted into someone that is like maybe a little bit different than you were born to be. So I was really nurture. I, my nature is to be a guide, which is where coaching started kind of coming in because I operate way more one-to-one versus one-to-many or one-to, I guess, do, being the doer, really, um, in terms of getting my hands on something, actually making things happen. Like there's an element, there's 70% of the population is really good at that. And I am not, I, that's, I'm actually a 20% of the population is here to guide the mm. energy of others. So even though the, the early part of your career, like you were making stuff, right? Very much. Yeah. I was a, a super doer. Mm. And so it, it was a big waking up, wake up call. And then, yeah, so I was leaning more into, I want to make passive income and I'm going to live my life to make passive income. I want, I, my goal was, I want to be, I, at the time, I said a stay-at-home mom, but now I think it's more working-at-home mom. But it, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to make passive income so that I can be a stay-at-home mom by the time that I'm 30 so that I can not put pressure on my husband to stay at home. That was like my goal since I was 25. And then I got pregnant at 29, which was that year, um, 2021. And it was a surprise. <laughs> and my whole world about halfway through the year started shifting 
to, wow, I'm going to have a baby. I got to figure this out. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm like taking forever telling the story. But basically, in 2021, Great. by the end of that, I was like, I got to get my course on Evergreen. Let's actually make mm -hmm. this happen. And so I used the pregnancy to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And by, um, I think, uh, I think halfway through the year, I think I launched it. And then I think I did an, a new iteration or something and launched it officially in February of 2022, right before I had my son in March of 2022. Wow. Amazing. I mean, one, one of the things that, that sort of jumped out to me was like, you made this transition to to passive income and that worked out really well, but it sounds like what you learned is, is you thrive on being a guide and the, and the, and the personal connection and, and helping people directly. Is that where kind of like you dipped back into coaching and working directly with, with clients? Yeah. So what I, what happened was fast forward through the postpartum period, I had set myself up for passive income, which was amazing. And that was the goal. And I definitely everyone can, do well with passive income. <laughs> like it, it definitely aligns with my energy to make money passively. But I was also like, you know what? It would be nice to not have to like market myself actively and get some sustainable clients. And so that's when I started thinking about, it was about six months postpartum uh, that I started flirting with the idea of, hey, what if I did do one-to-one -one coaching? What if I, I got out there? And so I, at this time, had been deep diving into human design and I said, hey, I just released a video on the channel, which is one of the benefits of having an online presence and an email list is you can throw ideas out there without really needing to do a huge launch. And I was like, hey, I want to work with people that want to use human design to create an aligned marketing strategy for them to launch their YouTube channel and potentially get in alignment with launching an online course. And that's really where the one-to-one -one coaching clients came from. And I never wanted to take more than five clients at a time because working endless amounts of hours is not necessarily my goal either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you, how did you initially structure that? Um, I guess as like sort of like an experiment, like taking on those first five clients, we can get into maybe how, how you've adapted it and changed it over time. But like, yeah, what did, what did the actual structure and the offerings and yes. all that kind of look like? So it was two two-hour sessions a month because I really wanted to do working sessions. So there's coaches that don't tell you what to do, and then there's coaches that are more like working with you. I definitely fall more on that latter mm -hmm. part, not just like a somatic person that's just going to ask you a million questions, right? Um, which is great. And Socratic. I'm also kind I mean, of curious Socratic. about like, who is like a perfect fit as a coaching client for you? Especially, you know, someone like you with a large audience, there's got to be a, a wide variety of, of people who might be interested in, in, co in, you know, coaching with you. But like, who is a perfect fit for, for you to work right. with? So that's always a journey, right, to find that. So those first five clients, I specifically, so it was like, to your, answer your question, it was two two-hour sessions a month and then Voxer access to me in between those sessions mm -hmm. with the intention that we're, I would say pushing the boulder uphill together. We're taking action together. So I intentionally chose someone that had like was not an entrepreneur, was in corporate world wanting to jump out. That was one client. There was another client, the one that I mentioned, that was an entrepreneur already running a business with her husband, wanted to add a marketing strategy. There was another client that was older, part of the older generation. 
like he would hate to hear me say that, but you know what I mean? Like, like he has, he had recently pivoted from doing something entirely different, starting a new business, but also kind of new to the world of online, um, which comes with different tech hurdles. And I'm, I'm hearing a lot of variety. A the, lot of variety. Yeah. So I wanted to test, I wanted to test different people to see who is my best client. And now I've learned I definitely don't want to work with the people that like I have to spend hours like walking them through how to set up their Dropbox or so, mm-hmm. something minor in the process. Yep. I'd rather focus a little bit more on like the the inner work of finding your message. But then when we get to like the tech side of it, there's not as much of a hurdle. Um, is there a common thread with your clients where it's like they – don't have any YouTube channel yet, like like they're starting up from scratch, or do you ever work with clients who like maybe they're at two thousand subscribers, they want to go to twenty thousand? Like, it could be either or, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times it's someone starting from scratch. It's it often can be, hey, I'm doing really well on Instagram, mm-hmm. but I want my efforts to compound. I want that, so I want to jump from Instagram to YouTube. Got it. That I would say would be the ideal because they now just need, they've kind of figured out a little bit of their clients, of who they want to talk to. They maybe have their, even if they don't have a perfect offering, they're testing different marketing offerings and we can kind of be a little bit more strategic in making that leap. And at the same time, because YouTube takes a long time to grow, Ideally, that person has a runway to where they're not trying to make money ASAP because I think that the people that are trying that start a YouTube channel with the intention that I'm going to make money soon, those are the people that quit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be like like additive. Like you you already have something going on. Like this this can kind of you know light it up. Yeah. And I have started completely from scratch with people to develop their brand from scratch, but there's just those are the people that take a lot longer mm-hmm. to get to launch. Got it. So, sure. you know, just to kind of start to wrap it up here, here, you know, here we are, uh, end of 2023. Um, you kind of mentioned that, that you're like kind of changing Pivoting things up again. again. I mean, what, what does this sort of look like? What's, what's kind of on the horizon for you? I mean, again, it seems like you're so kind of focused and doing so well in, in this, like what's, what's changing. Yeah. So, it's continued to be this thing behind the scenes of human design and it's begun to kind of leak out into my content to the point where I had a couple of videos take off within that niche to where it got my attention of interesting, like this is another potential niche that I could move into. And the main debate that I've been debating really for the last two years, because I was already debating it when I found out I was getting pregnant <laughs> or that I got pregnant, that I had to put all that on pause was like, do I start a second channel or do I do it under one brand? And so this year has been really exploring, can I do it under one brand? Mm -hmm. And I'm getting to a decision point or one channel, I should say, um, one YouTube channel. Now I'm getting to a decision point of I either completely let go of my video thing and do it on this new channel, on the same channel or potentially start a second one. And I'm doing a ton of investigation to make that decision because I still do have a large audience that wants to start YouTube channels. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be so hard. I mean, yeah, I I've gone through that a little bit, not on YouTube, but like with like my email list and my 
general audience across different networks like Twitter, you know, email, podcasts, and like I I've seen it dilute and and I feel like I've messed it up several times in the last like 10, 15 years where like early on I was talking about like productized services and then I got more into software and there was a period where I was doing a lot of music stuff and like these are like three totally different people in my audience, you know. Um and it's hard because it's you, like you are who you are. Right. And I do think that this is where things are moving. And I think that the algorithms haven't quite caught up yet. But I do think that as they become smarter and smarter, they'll begin to distinguish what's what. Like if I release a video on video and then I release a video on human design, like they would know, oh, the human design audience is this subset, not this. And they might be able to serve it to those people. But what happens is I'll release a video on human design it goes to the video people, no one watches it, so that video dies. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I guess when people like subscribe to you, they come with the expectation of like, well, I want more in info on human design, but I'm not interested in this other stuff, right? So, Right. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Interesting, uh, so it's like, how can you find that overarching message that they're actually not subscribing just to learn about human design? They're subscribing to, or video, but they're subscribing to create a life of freedom that is aligned with their energy. Mm -hmm. And that might include this or that might include that or whatever it is. So I'm very much still in the exploration phase and it's unfolding messily. And that's the only thing, only way that you can move forward from here is <laughs> exactly. how I see it. Well, you know, I, I guess maybe to wrap it up would be like, how can people actually kind of connect with you and, and follow along maybe in this transition? And I'm wondering, actually, the last question here is like, through your own website, uh, is it amandahorvath.com? Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get everything linked up in the show notes. But like, do you have like a personal newsletter where it's like, no matter, e even if you end up having two or three different YouTube channels, like right. the overall, like getting an email from Amanda is on this newsletter. Is that how you think about it? I do. Yes. So my website's about to be completely redone because it doesn't mention human design at all. So I'm working with a branding coach. I'm working with an offer coach. I'm working with a YouTube coach. Like I think honestly, hire, like if you're a coach and you don't work with people, it's a problem. <laughs> There's a value to getting other people to help you. Um, so I have a newsletter and the best way to get on it is either to watch, to download one of my freebies, which is either the Quick Start Guide to Video, which is a three-part video series getting you up and running with that, or the Quick Start Guide to Human Design, uh, which is a three-part video series that gets you up and running with human design. There you go. Um, and if you really, it's if you follow my YouTube channel, in all of the descriptions, you can find both of those freebies and some others as well, including my webinar that I was previously mentioning. Um, and that's definitely the best way to get on the newsletter. And I mean, it's, to follow it's always fascinating to me, like, obviously, to get that content and learn about those topics. But, you know, we're also talking to other coaches here. So this would be a great opportunity to see someone who has really put, to put it together really well, just to see how all these pieces kind of fit together, you know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You yeah. never look at yourself and think you've put it together well. So I mean, it's always something, right? <laughs> yeah. um, well, Amanda, this has been awesome. Uh, you know, can't wait to see uh, the next evolution. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So that wraps up today's episode of Clarity Cast. I hope you're able to get a few nuggets of clarity to help you grow your coaching business. 
You can watch the videos of these conversations on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to us there. And I'd really appreciate if you'd give the Clarity Cast podcast a five-star review in iTunes. That really helps us reach more folks like you. Today's episode was brought to you by our product, Clarity Flow. Try it for free at clarityflow.com, or you can book a free demo and consultation call to see how you can grow your coaching business on Clarity Flow. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. 